Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Hey, Difference Maker, are you totally new to the Enneagram? Maybe you've got a few burning questions you've been dying to ask an expert. Or maybe you've been reading a copy of my book. It's called The Secret to Being You, Using Brain Science and the Nine Acknowledgement Languages to Unbox Your Enneagram. I'm not going to lie, that's a long title. (laughs) And I kind of sound like a commercial whenever I say the entire thing. But I want to make sure you're getting the right book when you hop over to Amazon. But perhaps you're stuck on some vocabulary or just curious about my thought process as I was writing your favorite chapter. And you would just love some clarity around it. Well, that's my co-host this week, Amy Miller. She is Season 2's resident Enneagram newbie. And I'm answering her questions about the typing process, why I never start with the type one in my descriptions, the tripod that's at your core, experience gap examples, and how you can develop a game plan for handling your triggers in a healthy way. This episode is part one of our conversation, so if you're subscribed, you'll get a notice when part two drops. But if you're not subscribed, go ahead and click the subscribe button while the intro music plays. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, parents, and mentors like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jim P. Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make. And have fun doing it. Your personality is your business. So let's get down to business. Today I'm here with Amy Miller. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? Hi, Jan. I'm great. I'm enjoying the brisk California weather. So yes, it's nice 
got the sun beating down on me. That is so dreamy. <laughs> great weather there. Especially now. For me, it's great weather, but in the mornings, it's super chilly. Mm. Well, it is January, so I guess that's fair. <laughs> so before we get started, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast? So my podcast is called The Mother Daughter Art Project. And there's a direct correlation between my podcast and my membership, which is also called The Mother Daughter Art Project. And The Mother Daughter Art Project is a subscription box membership that cultivates connection between mothers and daughters for a deeper bond. Every month I send a box to their homes with art supplies for a specific art project, um, not painting or drawing, but something more crafty that everyone can be successful at. And it's either a side-by-side -side project, so let's sit down for 30 minutes together, or a collaborative project where they're doing something, working on the same thing. And then every month, there's a different theme for conversation that the daughter is in charge of initiating the conversation with her mom. And it's from those themes that my podcast, I interview someone about those different themes. So in November, it was all about gratitude. So I send the podcast to the mothers two weeks before they're going to get their box so that they know what theme they're going to be getting next month and kind of can prepare themselves for, for the topic. And so I never, ever thought I'd have a podcast, but I just made a pivot. Because in the first year of my membership, I was having a Zoom call and not everybody was showing up. So I wanted to make sure I still got the information to my members and made it more accessible. So that's why I have the podcast. And the reason that the daughters are in charge of asking the questions is because as moms, we're always the ones asking the questions. And our questions typically that we ask as moms are transactional questions. What time will you be home? Did you do your laundry? Can you take your sister to the store? You know, all these transactional topics or questions. And the questions that I send in the box are all non-transactional, meaning there's no right answer. There's, it's just about how you feel. So when the daughter asks the mother the questions, it allows the mom to share who she is as a person and as a human. And she was young once and where she's coming from. And then on the flip side, the mom asked the daughter an age-appropriate similar question to, you know, to form that scaffolding between the two of them. And when the daughter over time continues to ask her mom questions, then when the daughter has a question that's not on the card or in the box, she will know and feel more comfortable that her mom, that she can A, ask her mom a question, and that her mom will hold space and answer her in an authentic and honest way. And the mom can say, you know what? I need to give that some thought with that question. And it shows the daughter that she doesn't have all the answers and she wants to be thoughtful with her answer. I love that. I love the purpose behind that. It's so aligned also with my philosophy, with the way I coach and, and the methodology that I teach my coaches that are in the UBU coach certification program. And I've not heard that term before, non-transactional question. I wrote it down. I was like, oh, that's a very interesting way to describe the questioning process. And 
The beauty of what you're providing your members is the ability to stay curious and the ability to ask questions. Like, how do I even ask a question? And am I allowed to ask a question? And so not even to be a, afraid of quote unquote authority to not question. You know how sometimes we're, we've been taught not to question authority or not to question rules or regulations. I think that's such a healthy skill for people to develop at a young age yeah. and in, in such a respectful way as well. I want to give you a couple examples of the questions about how they start out. So when we had the topic of friendship in September when school was starting, the first question was, mom, will you tell me about friends you had when you were my age? Now that's a very simple question. And, and the daughter may already know about, you know, some friends she had when her age. But then throughout the five to seven questions that I provide, the last question is, mom, did you ever have to end a friendship and how did you do it? And what's different about my membership from other art boxes, because I don't really see my box as an art box. I feel I see it as a connection box. It's the same theme of the questions and it just, you know, starts easy and then it just gets, you know, deeper, deeper. You cover so many um, ideas and feelings around it. And the transactional versus non-transactional, I, what I do and what I created is just very intuitive. Like I did this also not knowing or thinking about transactional versus non-transactional. And I learned about those two terms like 16 months into my, my membership. Like that's what I do. And it really validated because where I learned um, about it was from someone who is a therapist and has done research on this. And for me, I did it intuitively, but for, for me, that also validated what I am providing. Mm. I love that also what that speaks to as far as personality of these core strengths that we have, that one, one of, that's one of the legs on the personality tripod, right? When we have these core strengths, we don't know that they're strengths because they just come so naturally to us. And it's not until somebody mirrors it back as, and, and they tout it as, as this super amazing skill that you have to develop. And you're like, oh, I already do that. That's that core strength. That is that leg of the tripod that a lot of times people are not in touch with. That makes so much sense to me because my husband always says, you know, to me, like, you know, Amy, there's so many people are intimidated by what you do and what you can do. And for me, it's like, I just do it. You know, like I, it's just so part of who I am about building community and making connection and doing it through art and conversation and including everybody. And you, and when I see it mirrored back to me, like what you just said, it builds, it, it really, it, I feel validated and it builds my strength. Mm -hmm. I feel it builds up one of my legs of my tripod. Yeah. And it makes you feel more stable, right? Yes. Yes. I do. I feel more stable. And, I have found that doing this membership, everything about me is in that box from creating a, a clever and new experience for the art project 
from creating the questions to connecting with people like you to be my experts, to packaging, all of that. It's creating this experience all about who I am and everything outside the box. And it's funny that you have this unboxing and all, but everything outside the box is not my skill set. And I'm learning. I'm learning a lot and learning that I don't want to do things, even though I'm, I've learned I can do something, but I want it to be done really well. And I want to just stay in my box. I don't want to stay in my Enneagram box when I say it like that, but I want to stay in my zone of genius to create these experiences. And I want someone and other, a team out here to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. Let's do this. Okay. I can do that. And let's do this. Okay. I can do that. Um, that sounds really, really exciting. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, what I love listening to you talk and seeing you light up when all these aha moments aha moments are my favorite because I see shoulders relax and eyebrows go up and smiles and teeth showing. <laughs> like that makes me so excited to see people step into their power like that, which is what I venture to say, that's what you're doing right now. And being aware of these other pieces doesn't mean you have to turn into those pieces. So when I'm talking about in my book, when I'm talking about integration and those kinds of things, it's about awareness. It's not necessarily I have to turn into a type three or I have to turn into a type four. No, it's an awareness of of those motivations within you in order to provide connection with someone else that's not your personality. That could be a completely different personality even a clashing personality, that if you can get in touch with that aspect of you, you won't clash anymore because then you'll be able to empathize and then you'll be able to have more compassion. And it spills onto business like this, where you know what your zone of genius is, where I really like to do this task, this task over here, not so much, but you can appreciate that part of your business now because it's your business. And so when other personalities where that is their forte or that is their zone of genius, you can value them in a much more respectful and deeper way. And that's really what builds relationships in business, also in families, really valuing the differences in our personalities as opposed to what we have in common. I will highly value all the people that can help me get to where I want to be knowing the steps because I don't know all the steps, mm. right? I don't know. I know I need someone to know all the steps. So we're talking today about your reaction to my book that just came out being an Enneagram newbie, never really studying the Enneagram. Did you even hear about the Enneagram before you and I had connected that first time? I, I had heard about the Enneagram and as soon as I had heard about it, it was like three or four years ago. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I need to do that. But I never really took the steps to type myself or whatever, right? And now I know I'm not supposed to. Yay. <laughs> Good intuition there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had heard about it, but I just never followed through. You know, life got busy or whatever. I just, I just, some things I just want people to, you know, to, to tell me. So I'm excited for you to give me your insight on me because then once I hear somebody's insight, then I can like, 
mull it over and understand it. So I've never done any reading about it, but I knew that I was fascinated by it. And the first thing that really struck me about your book, and I, I did my homework yesterday and I read my chapters again the second time because I really wanted to be prepared and have it fresh in my mind because the older I get, the more forgetful I am. So here's your quote. I love that you said, the box isn't you, but it is yours. I love that. The box isn't you, but it is yours. So can you, you want to talk about that a little bit? Are you feeling a bit disappointed that you haven't finished that project yet? Are the kids' schedules impacting your business? Or are the demands of your business affecting your relationships at home? Maybe you need a magic formula for that work-life balance before your fire gets so dim or it completely burns out. I've been there. There was a point in my life where I was juggling two businesses and homeschooling and had personal health issues. There was barely time to even connect with myself, much less connect with my husband. When I was finally officially diagnosed with ADHD, I felt like that explained everything. I had a new perspective and started approaching things in a new way. So I created a guide containing 20 tips that I personally use, and they have worked for me for helping me stay on course with my goals. Now, you might not have ADHD, but I bet you can relate to having a million distractions during the day. So if you're ready to stop procrastinating or stop being hard on yourself for missing yet another deadline, self-imposed or not, go ahead and download the guide at powercoachgen.com. If you just find one tip from the list that helps you move forward today, you will be so glad you took the time to read it. Go to powercoachgen.com and download the guide right now. Well, I'm going to say I got a little emotional there. And I'm an emotional blind person, so that caught me off guard. So I was like, okay, let's think about that a little bit. So I kind of have a different approach to the Enneagram than the mainstream. The mainstream sees personality tests as a way to describe themselves and basically put themselves in a box. Am I this type or am I this type or am I this combination of types, depending on which personality test that you take? But my view is that you are not that profile. You do not have to live your life through the filter of your personality. Personality is something that we've been gifted in order to cope with our world, our relationships the stress, the play, that's what our personality gift is is for. But sometimes it doesn't serve us, right? You can probably think of several examples, right, of when our personality doesn't serve us. I know my personality might be to speak out in certain situations, but when I know that "Mm, probably not good in this moment to do what would be typical behavior for me, I curl my toes. And that's actually one of my tricks that I like to share 
with anybody who needs to take that pause is I curl my toes rather than taking a deep breath that people can see, Mm. right? And then, oh, she's mad or she's taking a moment. I curl my toes to slow me down so that I don't respond in a way that would be typical for my personality so that I can really think through how I want to approach whatever the situation is. But I never made that connection. Yeah, and another connection is that core framework in my book. That would be checking yourself. Okay, let me check myself and let me own own these feelings. Like, here are my feelings. I don't need to spew them on someone else. So let me hold them close to me. I'm going to curl my toes. That's something physical that you're doing with your body in order to keep yourself in check. I think that's a perfect example. And it brings up an idea to me because I did do a challenge on using the core framework. And people wanted basically for me to tell them what to do, like hold a hand <laughs> and and give them a checklist. And the core is a checklist, that acronym C-O-R-E. It's a checklist, but it's only as effective as what works for you and your body. And so where curling toes is going to help you, it may not be as intuitive for someone else. I don't know, like this is a stupid example, but I have small feet. So if I curl my toes, I might trip and fall. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just making something up right you now. You can squeeze your toes. It's more <laughs> like what I'm doing, what I'm doing. Yeah, squeeze your toes. I know some people who, who have just like little mantras that they say in their head, the people who are more head types. But I really try to recommend people to get into their body somehow and maybe it is deep breaths maybe it's practicing the belly breast that people can't see right because the air is going in and out through your belly putting your hands in your pocket just something that works with you your body and your personality that helps ground you and center you in that moment so that you can hold those emotional boundaries and you know which which of these feelings are mine and which of the feelings are, are theirs? And you can block that energy by being grounded to prevent overreactions. I love that you just said holding emotional boundaries. That makes a lot of sense. So there's another quote in the book. And I think it correlates to what we're talking about right now about boundaries. Mm-hmm. You said you have a personal path to guide you and help you establish accurate boundaries, but the boundaries that actually give you the freedom to wholly and unapologetically be yourself. That's what the boundaries do. Mm -hmm. I, I like that also. And looking at it in the big picture of the Enneagram, for me, it, it all seems so confusing. Like I like the, if you're, if you're this, if you're a one, you, I liked what you said in some of the chapters you know, ones would respond this way, twos would respond this way, three was would respond that way. So I like it in a simple way. I really enjoyed the story part of your book and how you related your life to giving examples of the Enneagram. So I, I really appreciated that. And I had another question. When you were identifying the types, you start identifying the types and there's one through nine but you start identifying the types with number eight. <laughs> and I was like, what, 
why why is that Lee you went from eight to nine and then one two three four five six seven like why did you start with eight so that's funny my editor asked the same question <laughs> she's like why are you starting with eight so that's the numbering system for the Enneagram and I, I not everybody does it number one so people are reminded that the numbers are neutral so there's no order there's no, one's not better than the rest of them. And so when you look at the triads, if you remember in um, the third part of the, of the book, where I really talk about the triads, the red, green, and blue triads are lumped in that way. So the red's at the top and they're the eight, nines, and ones. And then the greens are the two, threes, and fours. And then the five, six, and sevens are the blue. And so... I go in order of the triads also. And then thirdly, because I'm a type seven and I feel like I'm talking about myself a lot in the book, <laughs> it allows me to come back to type seven last and tie it all. So it's almost more like a bow, like it ties it all up because I'll start with a story uh, with my experience through my type seven eyes and then go through the rest of the numbers and then kind of tie it back up with the type seven. That makes sense. I think it's really good uh, storytelling form also. Yeah, it was nice. One Another thing in my notes, and I did read the whole book and it was like two or three weeks ago. So I didn't retain everything. I remembered about the colored system, but I don't, I couldn't recall to talk to you about it because I don't feel as well educated on it but I'm still very, very interested in knowing more about it. One of the things you said, or maybe it was my impression, motivations are intentions associated with intense feelings of desires or fears. I really loved Winnie's story. It really helped make clear the behaviors versus the motivations. And when I saw Winnie's story, because I am a helper, I am, I, I'm like, oh, I must be Winnie, but Winnie was not what she thought she was. And so that made me very, very curious because if you, if you saw me and met me in person and we were at a dinner party or, or really anywhere, I feel like I step into, even if it's not my party, I am hostess. I am like making, saying hello to everybody and welcoming and including people. And I feel like that's just, you know, the core of who I am. But then it seemed maybe Winnie also was a helper. I think she became a nurse, right? Mm -hmm. But that wasn't, that's really not who she was. Did you want to talk about that? Because I have something else. Also. I was, I was going to say it was a part of who she was. It was something that she valued, which is still a part of your personality. So the core values core strengths and core motivations. Those are the three legs of your tripod. So it was still a part of her personality, but it wasn't necessarily her Enneagram type. And I think it's really um, necessary for people to understand that your Enneagram type, it does more to point to your blind spots and point to your growth opportunities than really tells you who you are. Is in the journey of discovering those blind spots and exploring them that you figure out who you are. That was deep. <laughs> yeah. 
in part two, we continue this sort of Q&A session for newbies, plus an intriguing conversation from the pre-party about the Enneagram symbol and neuroplasticity, and some randomness about birds and bowling balls. I am so impressed with Amy and how primed she was for this conversation. It not only made for a great conversation between us, but she also has the same concerns and questions of a soul that is ready to unbox herself. So if you're asking these same questions or pondering these same thoughts, then you're also ready to unbox yourself and likewise, unleash your power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference. It doesn't. Okay, hold on. on. Sorry. I need to dismiss this so it doesn't come up, go out again. Okay, repeat that so it doesn't go ding ling ling. Yeah, I thought I turned off my notifications and they came through anyway. Hold on, let me just. I'm enjoying hearing the birds. You are? Can you hear them? <laughs> that would make me happy if I was sitting there being able to look at the birds outside. Yeah, I can't see them, but they're there somewhere. And my dog's moved over here. Okay, so there's another quote in the book. My brain back in focus into work. Yeah. That was the mailman coming up. And <laughs> you were going. <laughs> well, he, well he, know, he knows that it's box day, but I'm not ready for my boxes because I forgot something. And I have to go pick it up at Staples when it's ready. And